Hello. Hi. Hi. Sorry I'm so late. I had a series, a lengthy series of uh, sexual misadventures, which uh, made me so late. I don't want to know. I'm not going to tell. Great. Great. Good. Well, good then. I thought it was hair, oh, his hair brushing. That's what I thought no. it was. <laughs> Today on the Geek Out Podcast, Quibi is a new short-form video service just out now, but does it have the worst timing? We've got a whole bunch of revised release dates for Marvel and Disney movies. We've got so much Star Wars news! Including... More Clone Wars and Mandalorian connections, and a nice, nice letter from Mark Hamill. And in the vein of go to fuck to sleep, Sam Jackson, a.k.a. Nick Fury, says stay the fuck home. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. Very nice. It's the Geek Out podcast. This is episode 79. We record this on Tuesday, April 7th, 2020. We are all here which is nice. I don't know if we'll all be here by the end of it just because schedules are funny. And what did you say, Paul? Time is a made-up construct in this wackadoo world or something? Oh, well, it's always time is always a construct, but now it has even less meaning. I was going to yeah. say, like, that's the most Paul excuse for being late ever. You're always late. It <laughs> has nothing to do yeah. with the wackadoo world. Actually, I would, I would yeah, argue that, that it's 100%. more important now. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, not how I well he it. doesn't have kids to put to bed at night. <laughs> I, I would I would have to say at this point that everybody except Paul is correct. Okay, so I'm <laughs> Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boytano. You can hear me in the mixtape every weekday in the afternoon zone. Hey, look at that. <laughs> I'm Paul Blasino, and in as much as that you can define a period of time as an afternoon, oh God, I host the afternoon zone. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All I know is sun goes up, sun goes down, you guys, okay? Nice try, nice try. <laughs> And I'm Art Aronson. I'm a reporter, also the marketing manager for Peachtree TV. Okay, we're going to keep with that, are we? <laughs> uh, Jesus, always with the end. I come after you. Oh, sorry. What was that? Yeah, you shuffling <laughs> cards? My door. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to record this podcast outside in the sunshine. Oh, no. Nice. Okay, well, we can do in this wackadoo world. I can hear the difference. Oh, obviously, you're less echoey. Yeah. Wait, does it sound terrible? Should I go back in the closet? No, it's nicer. Okay. Okay, say your thing, Kirsten. Kirsten James. Oh, Jesus. That's why I say and. Oh, I'm already right there. That's why. Fair enough. Is there anything we want to talk about in the world before we get to the weekly geek out? I want to say that we are in this through the stages of grief, I think, right now. Hmm. Don't you think? Like, the first week, it was kind of denial. Second week, it was kind of like, I don't know, uncertainty. And now we're in, like, negotiation right now. I feel like people are... Negotiation. Antsy. Yeah, yeah, negotiating. Like, you know, challenging numbers to everything. Yeah. Reports. And that I is just, remarkably astute, Art. I think you are so bang the frick on. Yeah, I, I, and I, I can feel it because I work for both stations and I can hear the phone calls that come in on both stations and also in the emails through news and everything like that. It's just it, it, it felt like a different tone near the end of last week and into this week. So I don't know. It, well, it's a fluid situation. 
Well, please, when is acceptance? Is that next week? Because we got to get to that. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's been a world. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Well, this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, I talked about Quibi, which is a new short-form video service. Um, I think it was announced last year, and this year at CES they had uh, more big announcements and previews about it, and it's, I think, a great idea, possibly suffering from the worst timing imaginable. Quibi is a portmanteau of the words Quick Bites, and it's from Jeffrey Katzenberg. He's from Paramount and DreamWorks and Disney and Meg Whitman, who is from uh, eBay and Hewlett-Packard. And it is a very phone-focused, short-form video service, kind of like Netflix, except, you know, you can't Chromecast it. It's only on your phone. Oh. Um, the, and, you know, it's a new service, so they've only got one. You know, there's no multiple user logins. It's brand new. It just came out Monday. Um, but the, the thing about it is this turnstile feature, which means that you can view content full screen on your phone, whether or not it is landscape, which is the way you should be watching video, or portrait, which is the way TikTokers watch video. Uh, and it's a really neat concept, and I've been trying it out. There's a 90-day trial, so I've been doing that. Uh, but beyond the amusement of it, I'm... I don't know if it's going to be the the big hit that they were hoping because I'm sure it was targeted for people, you know, on the bus with 10 minutes to spare or on the subway or catching a carpool to work or whatever because there is not a lot of that right now and all the content on Quibi is maximum 10 minutes. Wow, that what an interesting thing to put on it because do you remember when YouTube was maximum 10 minutes? That's right too. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, so was it ten minutes? Yeah, I did have a time limit, though. I remember that. Yeah, oh yeah, it was like maybe eight or ten minutes, and and then what you had was people who wanted to do long form essay things or whatever, splitting it up into multiple parts, and it quickly, relatively quickly, anyways, became very apparent that there shouldn't be a time limit on there, and that's now why we have, you know, um, podcasts that are three hours or. Um, sleep aid videos that are 12 fucking hours on YouTube. ASMR. You know what I mean? it, sure, ASMR stuff that uh, has is like limitless. There must be a limit now on YouTube, but it's it's got to be in the like tens of hours. Do you know, bud? I don't know, but you're right. It has to be something high like that because, yeah, they, they definitely put up like 24-hour mixes of music or whatever to, you know, and the 8- and 10-hour ones to sleep with. And sure. people are using these same sort of workarounds, you know, for Instagram videos because it used to be only however many seconds and now it's 60 seconds, but then there's IGTV and then there's people streaming stories together and streaming, you know, it's like everybody's sort of doing this workaround thing. And I, I think especially even now, with, what do they say, everybody's a podcaster or a broadcaster, right. everybody's home and bored with a bit of a equipment. Uh, everybody wants to sort of say their piece and and uh, do their thing. And, and yeah, time limits are, eh, yeah, time limits are something that I don't think a lot of people like, but what about in stuff that you're consuming? Like, I'm looking specifically at the Kirstens. What do you think, Kirsten, about 10-minute mm. chapters of movies, keeping in mind that mm. it's not complete in 10 minutes, it's just a chapter? Uh, 10 minutes? This is so long. <laughs> too long. Oh my God, Gerst. It's too long. I could do, oh, I, I could like two and a half to three minutes, maybe. I don't know. I've watched a number of these things, and some of them are pretty engaging. Um, I've watched two 
uh, I guess, I don't know what you'd call them, shows. Movie, I don't know if they're going to turn into shows or movies, but one of them is called Survive, and it's with Sansa Stark, um, Sophie Turner. And it, it, it cut off, like it, it, its third chapter ended just as it really drew me in. And it ended, and I'm like, oh, there's no fourth thing, I've got to wait for it. I don't, and I don't know how long I have to wait for it. I don't know if there's a release schedule or whatnot. Um, and then I watched another one called Most Dangerous Game, which is apparently, I didn't know this, it's a remake of, of a concept that was made a couple of times where basically somebody, this guy, in the, it's Liam Hemsworth in, in this version, he has a terminal, uh, he's got a tumor in his brain, and so he's going to die, and he's offered a lot of money to be the object of a hunt in Detroit, where he lives. And... Um, the longer he survives, the more money goes into his bank account for his uh, for his family. Oh, wow. uh, and that one also drew me in. Yeah. And in fact, I would say that one more than the the Sophie Turner one. And uh, yeah, so there's just a few dramas at this point. There are a lot more uh, documentary series. There's a couple comedies. There's a whole bunch of reality type TV shows because. Yeah. We really needed another punked with Chance the Rapper. Um, <laughs> is it seriously punked? Like that branding sorry, and everything yes, and that IP? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, uh, and a whole ton of news uh, content, including some daily sports roundups from TSN. Interesting. I, by the way, I really love Chance the Rapper. I think if anyone's got the personality these days to pull it off, it might be Chance the Rapper. I think he's cool. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, this anyway, is- yeah, so I've been... Trialing it, it's a free trial till the uh, end of April, and not possible. Not, I'm not sure I'll stick with it, but it's a, a neat new form of of entertainment, and I just keep switching it from portrait to landscape to see how it uh, is going to look. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Oh, so so it will be. Sorry if I missed that, but it will be a subscription model service. Yeah, it's going to be ten dollars Canadian per month, uh, ad free, or seven dollars or seven dollars per month with uh, an ad that plays before the shows and doesn't interrupt what you're watching. But again, you only get ten minutes of watching before you get into oh. the commercial. Oh, oh, you just lost me, bud. I'm so sorry. At one dollar yeah. a month, no, thank you to this. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, so that's okay. Well, thanks for wasting all of our time with that. But let me say, <laughs> <laughs> no, really, like th- you don't get to charge money for something. Unless it's very premium in this world. For Disney to be charging $8 a month, that we've all deemed to be reasonable for their... And they own the biggest properties in the entire world. And now for Quiblo or whatever the fuck to come out and be like, <laughs> we got Liam Hensworth pretending for 10 minutes. No, I'm not paying $10 a month. Even $7 with ads? Are you kidding me? Who came up no. with this model? Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman. <laughs> Morons! <laughs> um, no, but, yeah, what do they know about entertainment? <laughs> but seriously, that'll that'll be the the nail in the coffin for that. That's it for that. Are you yeah. planning? Well, we'll see. We'll see how it kind of takes off. Because like this is, even though this format is fairly new, the the nature of the entertainment, which is essentially short films, is not new, and people would go and watch short films. So um, who knows? Maybe there is an appetite for this, and maybe we're just kind of too old to really get it. But like, if I can watch, uh, you know, another show that's engaging and that's that's you know, uh, the story is good with Sophie Turner and it's ten minutes per episode, you know, maybe I could get into that. Yeah. But we'll kind of see say- where it goes in terms of like subscription. 
Yeah, I was surprised in terms of how the Sophie Turner one, how both of them really, how they hooked me in. I just, mm-hmm. I wasn't really expecting too much from it, and except for this whole turnstile feature, which I, you know, I certainly see that as a, as a, as an amusement and a novelty. I'm not even sure if I explained this, but um, basically, no matter which way you hold your phone, the content is full screen. Wow. But. It's not like it is custom filmed for portrait. It's basically when you turn your phone to portrait, it, it just crops it in. It's like the old pan and scans. And sometimes that gets really too close, too yeah. tight of a shot. Yeah. Um, there, there will be a show coming out later called Wireless where if you hold your phone landscape, it's the regular thing that they're filming because that's how they film stuff. But if you turn your phone portrait, you get to see the apps on the main character's phone. Oh, neat. So that's cool. But again, I don't know if that'll be distracting. No, that that is actually kind of a neat thing and and uh Yeah, that that's very innovative. I find like a neat way to to tell a story with like an extra thing and I think people have the attention span or the like multitasking uh brain function to be able to pull that off. I think that's kind of a neat thing. But to Brian's point about you know, it's like this is a short film, and that's certainly true. What really stops Netflix, to which I already am subscribed, from just stealing this idea and just putting a bunch of ten-minute movies up there, or, or series, or whatever? If this catches you, you're right. Yeah, breaking it up into chapters. I think you're absolutely right. Nothing stops them. Yeah, but I, t- I want to take it back just quickly to the the time limit thing because I think. Like TikTok has shown and Vine certainly, which was beloved a few years ago. At uh, six seconds per clip. Yeah, they're like, it's interesting how YouTube was the just like. The perfect length. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> Kirsten. <laughs> As YouTube has shown that like there certainly is an appetite for very long form uh, things. Uh, Vine showed as well that even at six seconds, it like drove a certain level of very specific creativity that I think is really neat. And I mean, it's a constantly a discussion that we people in the media have all the time about like, what's the right length. And so I get it for, there are Kirstens who have no (laughs) amount of uh, patience for watching things. Um, But I think it really comes down to like the situation. If I'm like scrolling through my feed on my phone, a one minute video is an eternity that I just don't have to give to it. But if I'm sitting on my couch at home, then obviously I'm happy to watch a two or three hour long movie versus when, you know, like I'm listening to something. I have like an almost uh, bottomless appetite for long form discussion because it's my secondary thing that I'm doing. Generally, if I'm going for a walk or I'm washing dishes or whatever, and you've got a three hour podcast, if it's engaging all the way through and interesting, You've got me. You've got. Are you going for a walk right now? Because you just got really tunnely. Either that, or you're making an address on a podium to a huge crowd of people. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, sir. I don't know what that is, and it's very echoey back on this end too. So I don't know. I don't know what to what to futz with here. But everybody's t- doing their Zoom meetings, I guess. Yeah. How's this? Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Don't. This is like rabbit ears. Don't move. Don't move a muscle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk about some things that are coming up soon. We've got we had a couple different articles uh, or tweets and things with uh, new dates for a bunch of Marvel Phase Four movies and um, new dates for some Disney properties. Do we want to go through these one by one or just blast through the list? Let's go one by one. Mulan is now July twenty fourth, twenty twenty. 
Okay. That's, cool. the first, that's the first one though, like July. Like, yeah, that is really optimistic. quick. Like everything else is being pushed till next year or November. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That is an, that was an odd one, and I wonder if maybe they have uh, sort of accepted that they would they may take a wash on this if uh, if no one is going to be around or theaters or aren't going to be able to show it, or if um, they're just going to release it direct to video, which I you know that would all suck for them. But yeah, you're right, Kirsten. That is pretty optimistic because we simply don't know when this whole thing is going to blow over. Yeah. A couple of things about that is number one, I think that um, that is that is optimistic, but I yeah, I wonder too if it's if it's more like a case of um, just hoping that at least some places will be back and open for business by July twenty fourth, and then because there is, I have heard talk of like you know states in the in the U.S. that aren't doing as well, they may have like statewide. Um, lockdowns or whatever but other places that are doing better like they're encouraged to get their economy back up and running so i mean who knows right here in bc we're doing a really good job of flattening the curve right now and maybe with like some more good uh methods you know and and keeping to it we might be back and seeing movies in the middle of july whereas in you know say new york they'll still be on full-on lockdown i don't know and maybe but i think it'd be pretty awkward for certain states or certain places to to go on a you know worldwide release of something if you know one quarter of your audience is going to be able to see it and that's it but that's as I'm you say maybe Mulan is like that. the test pilot for this because yeah. uh, I don't know how well it was going to do in either case I think like even before the pandemic wow. uh, it was facing a lot of like a threat of like a Chinese boycott because oh yeah, of, a lot of political yeah. Well, yeah, just because of what the lead actors tweeted about, you know, supporting in support for the Hong Kong police during all that, you know, debacle last year. Yeah. Um. So it was already facing a bit of a boycott, which you know, like the Chinese market, that's a huge market financially to be successful with your movie. Um. So maybe that you know they weren't they didn't have a lot of like after kind of the pandemic shut the world down and they had to take you know, movies out of theaters, maybe they're thinking, well, Mulan, I don't know if we were going to do that well with, so let's just put that up first and try, Yeah. you know, and test it in July. Maybe they're not a bad call. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're really not happy to, but they're uh, prepared to take a big loss on that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'd hate to say it, but it'd be, con- it would be a convenient excuse. I mean, sure. industry people could look, look past that and figure that out, but uh, they could certainly um, put that as their, their reasoning for why it didn't work. Yeah. Cause yeah, Kirsten made a good point. Next on the list is November. It's uh, November 6th is when we will finally, hopefully see black widow. Well, and, and, to and say that ho- was originally, sorry, Paul, that was no, originally for June, July. Is that right? Black widow that was originally for May 1st. Oh, May. Yeah. Oh, how sad. Uh, well, and hopefully is the right word there because with any of these, there's really, you know, like they can say July 24th and be optimistic about it. And maybe that's even like a on purpose thing that they're doing. They're deliberately saying like, we really expect we'll be back up and there'll be movie theaters in the middle of July. But uh, maybe there's really nothing to stop Disney or any studio from re-delaying these. No, that's true. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, like they're making new posters, but uh, that could just mean the second run of posters become collector's items. 
Uh, next is we're that's that's it for this year. Next, we're looking to February twelfth, twenty twenty one, for the Eternals. Holy hell! Fuck you! It's twenty twenty. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, we'll have we'll be reviewing like direct to video bullshit for the rest of this year. <laughs> yep. Wow. I am gonna have to break down and watch Bloodshot. God damn it! Oh, no, no. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> I feel for you. Uh, after that, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, May seventh, twenty twenty one. Oh my God. Right? It all seems so far away. Uh, maybe it's good that this one is far away. The Jungle Cruise, July 30th, 2021. <laughs> Why? Why is that good? I don't know. Who's who's going to be clamoring to see Jungle Cruise? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it might surprise us, like Pirates of the Caribbean, The Rock, and Emily Blunt in a jungle. What's not to like? Or like okay, Jumanji. Sure. Give like, more time Jumanji for The Rock really shirt, too. Me. Sorry. What's that? Sorry. What's that, Kirsten? Yeah, I wanted I to say, or like Jumanji. Like Jumanji really surprised me how much I liked it. So that's true. Yeah. That's true. Oh wait a minute! This is just another Rock in the Jungle movie. What the fuck? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so I was gonna say the delay gives us a little bit more time for us to stretch the Rock shirt out so he actually fits in it. Lol. <laughs> har har har. Um, <laughs> this one really hurts. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, November fifth, twenty twenty one. Shit. I can't yeah. wait that long for Benedict Cumberbatch. You need to yell at him earlier. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, after that, the uh, series, or no, Thor, Love and Thunder. Is that a movie or a series? It's no, a it's a movie. That's a movie. Okay, so that'll be February, February 18th, 2022. What was the original <laughs> date on that? I don't have the originals for this one, so I'm not sure. Uh. I think it was sometime next year, Thor, Love and Thunder. Like, kind of late next year. Sad. And then we're looking way down the list at Black Panther 2 will be May 6, 2022, and Captain Marvel 2 will be July 8, 2022. Just nuts. Wow. What are we going to do with our lives? We're going to have to develop personalities, you guys. Ew. I'm going <laughs> to sign up for a Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Well, let me talk about something that is coming. Rick and Morty Season 4, the final five episodes, are coming in May, on May 3rd, 2020. I know nothing about Rick and Morty, uh, but who knows, I might pull a Paul and, and watch the last five episodes, uh, because the trailer for it, which I'll put in the show notes, was pretty sweet. Yeah, I think it's interesting for a geek pod, I don't think any of us watch Rick and Morty. Is that right? No. Yeah. Which is oh, weird. That's so like, weird. It, yeah, it's kind of perfect think, for all of us. Yeah, we should all. There we go. That's what we'll watch. We will all watch Rick and Morty's. Where perfect. is it perfect. to watch? I think we'll have to steal it. I don't know any streaming service that carries it, right? Really? Where is it normally? Like, where is it go? I think it's on TV. <laughs> what? I know. Television. Are, what are, is, is that? Correct. <laughs> the like, person with TV. Honestly, um, I'm gonna try here. Oh, you can now. Says this website, you can now watch Rick and Morty legally. Adult Swim has its own streaming service. Adult. That's um, what it is. Adult Swim. Monthly subscription, four dollars. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Adult Swim. Four dollars. <laughs> Every one of these things, you compare yourself to Disney, and you have a little gut check time. 
At $4 a month, are you half as good as all of Disney? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm serious. Where this is where's delusions of grandeur for $4 a month? If we charge $4 a month just to hear you yell, Paul, I might. I love these. You have great rants. Thank you. I think Darren on the other side of the wall is probably not as stoked right now. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but to talked about Rick and Morty. Every, I, I haven't watched it either, but like everything that I have seen is brilliant. And he, here are the things that I've seen from Rick and Morty. One, a Pringles commercial. Two, the extended Simpsons couch gag they did. I've watched that like five, six times. It's so good. <laughs> Three, um, I stole the Pickle Rick episode when it first came out because the hype was so insane for it. And it's great. It's really well written. It's one of the best action sequences I've seen in a piece of fiction in years. Like, the action in the Pickle Rick episode goes right up against any Marvel movie. Fight me, any of you. I'm serious. Oh, my God. Wow. I know. And I'm sorry that, like, dumb douchebags like me saying how good Pickle Rick is and how funny it is. <laughs> That's become a meme on its own, I understand. But, like, seriously, it's a really good, interesting, brilliant piece of fiction. And I think we touched on this during one of our live pods, but for them to, like, if this is indicative of the whole show, then, yeah, we're all stupid idiots for not watching it because it's really great the way they can marry absurd sci-fi concepts with, like... Interesting, genuine, heartfelt, realistic family drama. Yeah, we all should be watching this thing. I don't know. Maybe with all this time that we have not going to work. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Related, um, apparently, Ant-Man 3... Dang it, I thought I had his name written down. It'll be uh, written... Thank you, Jeff Loveness. Oh, it's right, it's right in front of me. Uh, yes, so uh, Ant-Man three probably coming out in 2022. Jeff Loveness, who is one of the writers for Rick and Morty, uh, will apparently be putting the script for that together. Huh. So that's hopeful. I don't know if we need an Ant-Man three. No, do we? we? No, we absolutely don't. <laughs> I mean, Ant-Man I two. Know. I know, Brian, you're going to say something for it. I, I thought two was stretching. So. It. You don't want me to say anything for it? <laughs> <laughs> what were you prefacing? <laughs> no, 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 I, no. I'm just saying that I know you have a, you'll have a rebuttal to that. That maybe we do need an Ant Man three. I don't. I, I, I thought two was a real stretch. Real yeah, stretch. I think we needed the after credit scene, but I the rest of the movie I felt like I was just sitting through it. Brian, do you love it? I don't hate it. It's yeah. like all of all, all the Marvel movies is like. The worst Marvel movie is still better than the best DC movie. Yeah, of <laughs> um, I love so, how true that is. Yeah, and you, know, you just never know. Like, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, little nuggets that come out from the Ant Man storyline that uh, they could always like all these little threads from the comic storyline that they could pull from. Like, actually, Hank Pym was a person that created Ultron in the comics. It oh, uh, um, whoa. There was like a tease of like Ultron coming back in one of these properties as well, which would be great to have like James Spader. Um, Ant-Man 2 also can really be a good launching point for like say properties like the Young Avengers because now that we've blipped and we're five years into the future, Cassie Lang is is that much older and she obviously based on the Ant-Man storyline wants to follow in the footsteps of her dad. Uh-huh. Um 
And then uh, there's been little interesting, and actually I've heard that that might end up being one of the main parts of the storyline in Ant-Man 3 is um, Scott Lang trying to stop her daughter, or his daughter, from trying to be a superhero like him. Um, okay. And yeah. then uh, there's also other like characters that can come out of it, and I've heard there's like rumors of, you know, Modok being uh, uh, a character that would be introduced, and if 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 that character gets introduced into like a sort of a real world movie scenario, Ant Man would probably be the best sort of property for it because it's so ridiculous. Like if you've never seen the character of Modok before, he's a ridiculous looking character. Um, so to try to see that kind of come to fruition. So th- I think there's, like, there is uh, uh, real potential in it. And, like, to have the, the writer for Rick and Morty jump on board to, to, to write the script for it, um, I think it could work. And, like, I think, isn't it, like, the, the guys that made Rick and Morty, either the directors or, or the writers, they're also writing, like, the Loki series as well? Yes, I do recall that that was a headline that I didn't read the article for, but yes... Yeah, so I always think there's potential. It's just like they haven't really steered us wrong. Like even their best, their worst movie is okay. It's fine, um, and it pushes the storyline forward for the, uh, you know, for the greater MCU. So oh well, look at that's the genius of the MCU is, you know, putting very important elements, you know, to the to all, the greater storyline of the all. Um, tying those directly into your B and C characters so yeah. that it gives them the weight that they, you know, that, that people won't skip even those movies. Because, like, without the interconnected of the universe, you could just probably just say to me, like, hey, listen, there's a new Ant-Man movie coming out. And I'll be like, eh, I'm not really an Ant-Man guy. Or, you know, maybe, and look, at this is to my own stupidity. You know, same with Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't know who the fuck they were. And I there's a chance... That if they weren't connected to the greater MCU, that I wouldn't have gone and spent the money to see them in the theater. But I'm certainly glad I did now. But it was that thread of, hey, you better watch this or else you're not going to get what the fuck's going on in the next Iron Man movie. Ryan's obviously you're making a lot of great points about the strands that they can go with and oh, yeah. Ant-Man and everything like that, which I agree with. But uh, as to Paul's point, we kind of have been seeing this formula. When do we get tired of that? tired of mm. watching a small movie just to see uh, uh you know a conduit to something else yeah, yeah, yeah. right I, I just think i think that that's how we create the superhero fatigue i think well and so i'll i'll piggyback on that and i'll agree with what you say brian there certainly is like a lot of potential with the ant-man movies and there's a lot of interesting threads and all that stuff you said is correct the thing that makes them less watchable is that they're Less well written, and so that's exactly why this story of like, hey, Rick and Morty, they got good writers, we're going to get them to help write this movie. Okay, that's exactly what I kind of want to hear is like, we get it, these characters, these actors are not maybe living up to their full potential, so okay, we're going to get better writers on here, so that way it'll be a better movie, we promise. Yeah, that could be that could be their sort of reactionary thing to it. Um in the very least, you know, I'm like, I, I still, like, even you posted the other day, um, Art, about, like, oh, what's your favorite Paul Rudd movies? Because Paul Rudd makes, you know, funny, brainless, entertaining movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at the end of the day, that's, you know, we're still getting a, a comedy with Paul Rudd and Michael Pena. And, fair point, so. fair point, fair point. Uh, yeah. Oh, Ma- cool. Michael Pena will be in it? Okay, I'm in. 
Well, and that's what I mean. Like, with that cast, it should be better. I should be more entertained. So I don't know if they're, like, scaling Paul Rudd back or, you know, trying to make him fit into a Marvel mode or whatever it is, but I feel like this could be better. I wonder, Paul, if you're just uh, done with the formula, done with the story, and uh, it may not necessarily matter who it is, but you've had enough of this guy in this story. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I go into one with open minds, but I don't know. Uh, I want to quickly touch on two game releases, um, both for the Nintendo Switch, but uh, the first one, The Outer Worlds, has been on basically every other platform that there ever was, and for whatever reason, they hit me with ads for The Outer Worlds for months, and uh, I was was never able to play it, because I've got a Nintendo Switch, but it's coming out for Nintendo Switch on uh, June the 5th, and basically it looks like Fallout in Space. And it looks like so it's a wander around RPG kind of world, and you talk to people, and you do things, and you build stuff, and it looks pretty interesting. And that has been given a release date for the Switch, so that's nice. I think it was pushed back just a little bit because of COVID-19, but it is actually still coming out. Cool. Um, and then I wanted to just geeky squeak about Bioshock the Collection. I meant to bring up this up last week when I heard about it, but um, Bioshock, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite are three games that uh, they, they've they been on lots of platforms, uh, PC and uh, I believe maybe Xbox and, and, and PS de Resistance. Uh, but I played Bioshock Infinite on PC back in those... 10 minutes when I decided to try to use my PC as a gaming machine, which I just don't anymore. (laughs) Um, But Bioshock Infinite was one of the most um, enrapturing stories, uh, narratives I've I've ever gone through, and it, it, it is... Well, I, this doesn't say much. I was going to say it is my number one favorite PC game, but again, I don't game much on my PC. But basically, you're this private eye, and it's it's sort of this weird little future world, so you go up into a city in the sky, and you're investigating things and trying to save this woman who might or might not be from this dimension. It's a very cool story, huh. incredible acting from the two leads, and I'm very stupidly excited that it'll be coming to Switch on May 29th. You know. Uh, we got a whole raft of Star Wars news, and um, Kirsten, do you want to touch on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Unmute. Thinking. <laughs> Where is she still Kirsten there? Been. Sorry, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're watching Jason Lamb, aren't you? <laughs> no. Hi. Yes, I do. Um, what do you want me to touch on Obi-Wan? <laughs> Okay. Ah, uh, <laughs> she's a pervert like us. <laughs> Joby Harold, you doofus. <laughs> the new writer for the series. Oh right, yeah. So uh, the Obi Wan series, like two months ago, they put it on hold. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy was apparently not impressed with the writing, so they've gone and they've hired a new writer. Um, and that's good. Like I feel like right now, because the thing is that the Obi Wan series was supposed to start filming i think in august uh, but then with the writer thing they got pushed back and now with all the covid stuff i think this is the perfect time for like writers to be spending time on writing like quality material because they can't be filming anyway so hopefully we get a really good script and obi-wan can start filming next year Wait, where was this kind of screening process before Rise of Skywalker? Seriously. Very well done. We can hope. Well, I mean, that kind of 
speaks to how interesting the Star Wars universe has been splintered so thoroughly. It's like it used to be the movies were the big gigantic things that everyone at least loved or held in some reverence. And then the TV shows were like, you know, offshoot cartoons. And now it's just like, yeah, that last movie really disappointed so many people. And then The Mandalorian made so many people happy that we're living in a weird backwards upside down where there could be more hype and excitement around an Obi-Wan series than any whatever the next movie series happens to be. Um, wow. Wowzers. As long as there's lots of lightsaber battles, right, Paul? <laughs> Oh my no, god. No. No. <laughs> Obi it's interesting because in A New Hope, oh, Obi-Wan whipping his lightsaber out and cutting the guy's hand off and like you see the flash of the blade for one second is perfectly demonstrative of my point of why the lightsaber used sparingly makes it a more effective storytelling tool and sweet sci-fi weapon. I will agree with Paul, just quieter. Let's just let's just let's just go around the room. What do we want from the the new Obi Wan? You know, what do we what do we want from that? Shirtless history. Scenes. Shirtless <laughs> scenes. Just answering for Kirsten. Shirtless. Scenes. What did you say? Shirtless scenes. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say naked Obi Wan. Fuck shirtless. Oh, just full on. Like I want like a butt shot. She wants the okay. Obi Dong. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, he can take um, off his shirt too that's okay doesn't uh, McGregor get his dong out in some movies I'm gonna google it on a work computer I think in the, no. the Fargo series there's some, there might be a little bit of nudity there Really? Yeah. another reason for me to watch that oh yeah you, but yeah but it's like but it's him in a fat suit no isn't it the fat brother no okay. no, no 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 Um, doesn't he get doesn't he whip out the dong in um can we Google when does yeah, Ian McGregor. Ewan McGregor whip out the dog? Yeah, Paul, are you at, are you at work right now? <laughs> yes. Google Ewan McGregor penis for me okay. at work? Yes, I will. Ian McGregor penis. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How did we get here? What is going on? <laughs> well, you asked what I wanted. <laughs> All right, so uh. link one is Ewan McGregor is one of the most hung actors in Hollywood. <laughs> link, yep. link two is Ewan McGregor penis movie scenes full frontal nudity. That one looks promising. <laughs> Subscribe. By Kirsten James. Link three. Colin Farrell talks about Ewan McGregor's large penis. Ooh, really? This is like all my dreams coming true right now. <laughs> I can't believe okay. you haven't googled this yourself already. Oh, she's googled it. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Oh, all right. Can can we maybe talk about the the, the Clone Wars and and and. Uh, Kane and Jarrus, if ad- I'm saying that correctly. Can we address and- who's screaming in the background? Yeah. Ew, Wait, that's not that. your kids? I thought it was your kids. No. <laughs> Somebody Is somebody dies. okay there? I think it's my neighbors. They're kids. Are you are still screaming. outside? Yeah, I'm still outside. Sorry. Oh, that's definitely that. what it is. Really? Okay. Why that's funny. Why does this mic pick everything up? That's so Are weird. they okay? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Their parents will check on them, right? Oh Sounds like we God. should be calling the cops. <laughs> Okay, well, if it goes on for 10 more minutes and then stops abruptly, we'll call the cops. Uh, <laughs> All right. Okay, one more, one more here. Okay. Uh, Ewan McGregor oh. is too polite to tell you about his huge penis. <laughs> Gosh, I'm so glad we got here. That's just Amazing. great, guys. Let, let's talk about Canon Jarrus and the Mandalorian, please. Kirsten, go. Oh, my God. <laughs>
I didn't see it. Um, sorry, I'm distracted now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of cool news. It's also like a rumor, but um, hopefully will turn out to be true. Apparently, the source is the same person that uh, said Ahsoka was going to be in season two of, of The Mandalorian. So it's like a pretty good source. Wait a minute. Did you get this from WeGotThisCovered.com? <laughs> yes. That's exactly how they write all their shit. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but uh, it says it in season two of The Mandalorian uh, that that Kanan Jarrus could make an appearance. Kanan is the Jedi that is in Rebels, played by Freddie Prince Jr. Sorry, these kids are screaming. <laughs> Just keep talking as you escape the screaming. Uh, it is a nice day. I'm jealous of Kirsten to be outside, even if there are screaming people. Wait, are we allowed to be outside? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, you got a backyard. On our own port, yeah. yeah. On your own port. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah. My condo. You've never not been able to go outside, man. Yeah. You're the news guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have barely left the building ever. I believe it, man. You're a hero. Let's just, mm-hmm. let's recap that. You've been doing so much crazy amount of work during all this and yeah. like the guy at the top of the information food chain for Victoria Media right here. And uh, thank you for staying alive and not going crazy and, uh, oh, I've gone being... crazy, bud. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Crazy. Thank you for not killing anyone. Yeah, How's okay. that? I haven't done that yet. Art should get the key to the roof so he can at least go outside and get some vitamin D. God damn, I went on a whole thing and it sounded great. And I, then I was like, everyone's so quiet. You disconnected. Oh, you disconnected, didn't you? Yep. Oh, you, that is so sad. You missed all of my talk. All we didn't hear you at all. I'm yeah, so sorry. We were, we, were, we were too busy blowing smoke up of Art's ass. <laughs> We thought you were sn- uh, smothering kids. Oh, no, I, I went inside so that you couldn't hear the kids screaming, and I, I did a whole bit about Katie oh, Jarrus, and you missed I'm it. I'm sorry. All right, let's, listen to this one. Ewan McGregor, huge penis and ass full Paul, of smoke. Paul, <laughs> okay, let's okay. move on. Paul. So you didn't hear anything about what I said no, about Katie Jarrus? No, go ahead. Go ahead do it again. Okay. Um, so what I was saying is... Uh, Kanan Jarrus, obviously, from um, Rebels, played by Freddie Prince Jr. Um, so it's really interesting. So Freddie Prince Jr. actually could be cast as Kanan in The Mandalorian Season oh, 2. Oh, um, does the age line up? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, awesome. uh, And he kind of, like, obviously, he's the voice actor for Kanan. He also looks a bit like Kanan Jarrus, too. Um, so it could work. And the thing is that... Um, with Ahsoka, there's a little bit of backlash that they didn't cast. Wasn't Ashley Eccleson? Is she the one that was Ahsoka? Yeah. Oh, actress. the voice actor? But the thing is, like, is a, a voice actress, not an actress. Whereas yeah, like, Freddie sometimes Prince that Jr., works, but not all the time. Yeah, and I mean, she does have, like, she could be Ahsoka. Like, she she looks, like, she has a good look and everything. But um, Freddie Prince Jr. is an actor. So I could see that crossover happening and him being cast... It, it, I, to be honest with you, it would be weird if they didn't cast Freddie Prince Jr. Why? as him in. I see no reason not to. He's yeah. an actor. Okay. He's yeah. the voice actor. He looks like Kanan. They get like there's there's no. I don't see a reason why they shouldn't use him. That's I think that would be fan service gone wild. I think people would love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a huge Kanan fan, and I'm not a huge Freddie Prince Jr. fan. But I just it, I'm just kind of like, why not? Like, why wouldn't you? What's interesting, there are actually images online of Ashley Eckstein um, like cosplaying as Ahsoka. And she, I know, I love her. She looks exactly, yeah, she looks exactly That's like so her. That's so cool. 
but she's like a huge fan like and she she loves star wars and she loves the universe and she loves the fans um yeah it's really cool it, it is it would have been cool to see her as ahsoka but i yeah i just don't know if she's an actress like a well exactly that kind of actress yeah. i think rosario dawson is the smarter move especially as we've talked about before if they want to spin her off into additional properties you need that uh that yeah. name recognition like we talked about before too yeah i think furry prince jr is a fine idea look i was when i first saw this i was like ah fuck we need a mine we need to mine another boring half-baked cartoon character to shove into the mandalorian because that's my only beef with the mandalorian is the nodding and nudging and winking and eh, remember this from star wars but I mean, again, if they're going to do what they've done in season one, where it's one episode at a time and you get a different kind of player to play off the Mandalorian in each episode, I can handle one episode of Freddie Prince Jr. If we can handle one episode of that awful Twilight character who's always licking her lips like a friggin' snake person. Oh, my God. That was it ruined what was supposed to be the best episode. With Bill Burr in it, and it was one of the best episodes still, but every time she's on screen and she's, like, just chewing the scenery with this fucking snake-licking awfulness, <laughs> if we can sit through that, we can sit through Freddie Prince Jr. for one episode, too. I'm hey, wait, wait, that. Freddie Prince Jr., back to him. Uh, he is, like, the biggest Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I was watching this show. It's a Schmoes No... Schmoes something in the movie trivia. It's like a, a thing on YouTube that they have. They review movies and they also did this huge um, trivia thing and he was one of the guests on it and they have like just Star Wars trivia and this guy knows fucking everything yeah. about stories. Every, like lines give him a line he'll he'll tell you like what's in the background of that scene if you if you want to check nice. out like if you want to check out real Star Wars nerds go to like Star Wars trivia schmoes no unreal unreal so good to know Freddie Prince Jr. Why not? The guy he deserves. He loves, loves Star Wars. Wow. And when's the last time That's he's cool. been in a movie? Summer Catch, 2001. <laughs> Why do you know that? <laughs> Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. And this kind of leads into the other uh news that's kind of a spoiler for this season of clone wars um and it seems like they are planning to do a lot of crossovers between clone wars rebels and mandalorian and so the the other kind of cool thing that came out this week have you guys seen the latest episode of clone wars no i am falling behind on this show i got i got i gotta get back into it though it's not, it's not, it, it is a spoiler, but it's not really a huge spoiler. Basically what happens in one scene is, uh, like, Ahsoka and her new friends are captured, and some Mandalorians come, and they, like, watch them, and they're like, ooh, should we save Ahsoka? And then they're like, no, we're not going to, and they fly away, and that oh. that's it. But the thing is that these three Mandalorians, one of them is Bo-Katan, who, if you remember from Clone Wars, uh, was Satine's sister. She was the, she was in the Death Watch and then left the Death Watch, um, she uh, is, is a big, huge, huge, huge character. So one of them is Bo-Katan, and the other is, oh my gosh, why can't I think? Uh, her name is, I can't think Sharmilla of Sharmila Devar. No, 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 not wait, her real uh, name. Ursa, sorry, Ursa Wren. <laughs> Ursa Wren, thank you, um, I, who sounds exactly like the armorer 
armorer oh, from yeah. the Mandalorian. So the one that makes the armor yeah. for the Mandalorian. And Ursa Wren is Sabine Wren's mom. So Sabine is from Rebels. She's the one with like the colorful hair. She's the, she's the Mandalorian from Rebels. Um, so there's some really cool crossovers. It sounds like it's going to happen. And the the uh, the Wrens are the ones that were um, in possession of the dark saber. So at the end oh. of Rebels, they had the dark saber. Uh. So it would make sense to kind of have that crossover happen. That is that so the cool. The armorer is Ursa Wren. Um, but uh, yeah, it sounds like they're setting they're teeing some things up in all of these seasons to come together for. Mandalorian season two. I yeah. really liked the character of the armorer in uh, the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. I really thought that was a, a neat role. Well, listen, I've been saying this and feeling it, you know, as much of a Star Wars fan as I am, and I am. Um, I'm. I've been concerned about Star Wars since Rogue One, where it's just like, are we just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again? And is the Star Wars universe very limited to if we don't have all the exact things? You know, Tie Fighters and X Wings and Adat Walkers and all that lightsaber fights, lightsaber. Yeah, then is it? It it, are we? Do we risk like making fanboys upset? And then do we just are we just retreading the same shit over and over again? And is it limited? And is there storytelling potential still in this universe? And so, so, uh, you know, if they're gonna take a a vein out of the Marvel uh, playbook there and try to interconnect things and you know, grow you know, the grow universe, the but in a connected way. I believe synergy. 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 Yeah, for yeah. sure. Then yeah. I got to hold out hope that if it's to the level that the we've level seen the Mandalorian be in season one, which is, you know, pretty good, um, that there is still some life left in this uh, horse that we keep kicking. Polly, I thought you didn't like it when they kept rehashing the same things, and I thought you wanted them to dive a little deeper. Well, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do, but, like, it's not a bad idea. Like, they are. They are growing things out, I feel, a little bit. Mandalorian was, like, such a baby step, a baby Yoda step, <laughs> um, because there was so many things, right? Stormtroopers, X-Wings, TIE Fighters, there were so... Remember Blue Milk? Remember this? Remember that? It was, it was fucking drowning in member berries, but there was enough that also grew it out that I feel like the potential is there. And uh, if you want to keep, you know, having strings back to the other elements in the universe, not just the original movies, then okay, have strings back to the cartoon shows. That's not a horrible way to do that, I guess. Okay, I'll check with you in five minutes to see if your opinion has changed again. Let's go with one more Star Wars. Let's go with one more Star Wars thing. Mark Hamill wrote the nicest letter on some cool letterhead that it looks like he actually like typeset and scanned in. Uh, he wrote a letter just thanking fans for their continued support, um, and it's really nice and heartfelt. And we'll link to it in the show notes. So you can read the whole thing. I read somewhere because I, I read this letter and I was like, oh, that's nice. Thanks, Mark Hamill. But it was also like, but why are you writing this letter? What is this for? Um, And I read somewhere that I guess this is his thank you and goodbye letter to the Star Wars universe. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. Oh, it's very much. It reads like that for sure. Because it's like, yeah, my first thought was, oh, okay. He's he's totally done with this franchise. He'll never be in it ever again. 
he wants to kind of close this chapter. He was in the sequel trilogy. That's gone through its kind of natural life cycle. Even the last movie now is on digital. It's out there. This is him saying goodbye. But then I was like, is Mark Hamill dying? I thought the same thing. I was like, oh my god, he has COVID. So yeah, I kind of thought that too. But what what he prefaces it with in his Twitter tweet is a few thoughts as one era ends and another begins. So it's a hopeful look to the future kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, you're right. It is sort of a closing of of his chapter. Hmm. Anyways, it's a nice letter. And uh, again, I'm really glad that the first movie was called Star Wars and not the Adventures of Luke Starkiller as taken from the Journal of the Whills Saga 1, <laughs> The Star Wars. Because dang, <laughs> that's a heck of a title. Yeah. Let's get on to some geek news proper. Marvel is offering access to a bunch of comics for free. And I think in this day and age, that's a really nice thing for them to do. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool too because like I looked at the list because I was like, oh, what like bottom of the barrel Marvel properties? No, that's right. Oh, they're good ones. And they're actually really, really good ones. Like I, I pulled out like the whole Civil War uh, uh, saga is on oh. there. Uh, what else? Do you have the list in front of you? Yeah, I love uh, that there's one called Thanos Wins. <laughs> oh, X Men versus uh, Avengers. Avengers, Avengers is, uh, is in there. Yeah, and they also have the Kree Scroll War one um which is a, a good one to read especially if because that that one really looks like they could uh pull a lot of different threads um for like mcu storylines and then winter soldier ultimate is also a really good one too mm-hmm. and it's the whole it's the whole um i keep on calling it saga that's not the right world it's like the whole thing too it's not like they've given you um, like the first trade ba- paperback, and then you have to buy the rest. It's the entire story. So oh, it's it, not like a sampler. You can get the whole series. Yeah, exactly. Nice. That's so, really classy. I like if, that. If you're not a comic reader, or if you never read a comic, or you're interested, like I would definitely recommend checking out these free ones. Like and we've I've got used, a lot of free time on our hands, so hmm. uh, check it out. Check them out. I've sure. used this app before, and I found it quite uh, user friendly. It's called uh, Comixology. It's difficult to say, but it's it's easy to use. Uh, and yeah, I'll just blast through some of the uh, some of the other ones. Amazing Spider-Man, Red Goblin, uh, Black Panther by Ta-Nehisi Coates, Volume One, uh, X-Men Milestones, Dark Phoenix Saga, uh, Avengers by Jason Aaron, Volume One, The Final Host, Fantastic Four, Volume One, Forever, Black Widow, Volume One, Shield's Most Wanted, and then two Captain Americas, Winter Soldier, Ultimate, and oh no, sorry, that's Captain America, and then Captain Marvel, Volume One. Higher, further, faster, more. Wow! So you can get these for free until May the fourth. Be with you. Again, where is that? But sorry, uh, this is it's Comnixology. C O M N I X O L O G Y. Well, you I, can actually um, get like a, there's a an app called Marvel Unlimited, so you can get all of these through that app. Oh, cool! Never okay. mind. Go nice. to the app Marvel Unlimited. Nice, we Brian. can also link it in the show notes. <laughs> yes, we will yeah. do that. <laughs> neat. That's super neat. But it's cool because I have um, I, I have that app, and uh, we also like it's on uh, the right. iPad that I share with the kids. And, and is somebody okay there? Somebody was sorry. Yeah, just I yelling. Did a thing. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, so I have that app uh, on uh, this iPad that I share with the kids, and the, on the iPad also has like Epic and all these like little reading things uh, for Aiden and and Kian. And every now and then, Aiden and I will go on and we'll read a Marvel comic. 
so it's yeah, it's cool that we we get to see these storylines. Like I might even get them to read the Civil War storyline or something. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you have the Marvel Unlimited app specifically, uh, Brian? Yeah, so it's on, like, Android, uh, like, so you can get it for your phone if you have an Android. Uh, it, it's also for Apple as well. And then uh, the comics, I believe, are, they're, they're easy to find once you get that app. That's cool. Um, let's uh, quickly touch on this very strange story about Ezra Miller, who uh, plays the Flash in the DCEU, um, looking like he's choking a woman in, um, I believe it's Reykjavik, so that that's interesting. And it is brought on calls for Grant uh, Gustin, who plays the Flash on TV, to replace Ezra Miller in the movies. But it's kind of an unstable-looking video. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird video. Uh, it's only 15 seconds, so you don't really know the full context. But apparently, the story, according to witnesses, is that like um, he was just getting annoyed by a bunch of people at a bar that were coming up to him and supposedly fans of his, uh, and, but then were hassling him and ex- particularly this one person who, in the video, he then. I think he's like choking, or he like he yeah, he puts his hands on her throat and something like yelling about like you, know, you want to fight or something, and then throws her to the ground. So it doesn't look good for for him. Um, but uh, and then yeah, and then there were calls to like oh we should have Grant Gustin play the Flash then in uh, the DCU movie. And I'm just thinking if I were the WB, is like there's our out. There's Absolutely. Our to get rid of this movie. Good call. This movie has been like delayed and uh, had a bunch of directors in flux. I think like one of the main directors went on to direct, um, or no, there was like delays because he uh, he's also in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. And uh, oh so, like, right. Yeah, so he couldn't uh, the, he couldn't commit to the timeline for for shooting for the Flash. Great. Um, so now the Fantastic Beast movies have two like abusers in them. Oh my That's god! Right. right. Jeez. <laughs> Who's the other one? Johnny Depp. Oh yeah. Alleged. Alleged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you remember your great joke, Paul? What was it? <laughs> At my Oscar party. Never mind. Oh. Yeah, what was the joke, though? I remember Amber Heard was on a commercial, and I was like... I think that was your joke, is, like, someone was like, ooh, like, yeah, good for her, like, Amber Heard, and then you were like, you said something like, what about Johnny Depp, or allegedly, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I can't remember either, because it was a very... No, it... Uh, it was someone else made the joke, and I just laughed at it way too hard, and I can't remember it either now, but it was really funny. Yeah, Paul's joke was very, very funny. Uh, it's a tribute to, to Paul's joke from my Oscar party. <laughs> no that was great. Remember. Good context, everyone. That's uh, great. Yeah, that okay, was terrible. So the the one piece of this story that I find to be unrealistic besides is that, the choke slam, which was terrible. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, it was bad. And yeah. bad social distancing. Jeez. Well, yeah, yeah. no kidding. Do we, well, that's oh, it. Yeah. We, how, how old is this video? Wait a minute. We don't know when this was taken. Yeah. It's from this yeah. past weekend, is what it, the article says. What are you doing, uh, Reykjavik? Right? Shit. Um, okay, so the other thing that's very unrealistic about this is that uh, these people who are allegedly hassling him are fans of Ezra Miller. Who gives a shit about Ezra Miller? About Ezra Miller <laughs> from what? Oh, the Flash. You're finding it unrealistic that people could be fans of Ezra Miller. That's yeah, funny. He's the Flash in the worst superhero movie of all time, and <laughs> Credence Barebone, who gives a fuck from Fantastic Beasts. He's definitely Holy got a, fa- a following, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, 
uh, isn't Ezra Miller a they? Don't they identify as a they? Oh, really? I think so. Uh, well, but as like, the Flash, they really don't know how to run. Have you seen the, have you seen those videos <laughs> or the the movie when he's like he, they they're running in slow motion? <laughs> it's like arms flailing everywhere. <laughs> no. What? Well, it's getting awkward. Let's uh, let's jump topics. Uh, um, no, uh, let me just finish by saying that I know that the the Ezra Miller as the Flash was supposed to be a big bright spot in the Justice League, but it was not. He was awful. Uh, it was boring no, in that agreed. movie. Who said he was the bright spot? They were the bright spot. I don't. I just remember when that movie came out, they were like pushing the clips of him quipping with Batman, and hey, look, we got Joss Whedon to write us a pop culture reference, and this one says it. Boring. <laughs> yeah, and they say that because he uh, he was really the only one of the Justice League that quipped, and that his quips semi landed. Okay, let's uh, move on to this. Uh, I wish they had recorded the audio a little bit better uh, with Samuel L. Jackson reading um, a newer version of Go the F to Sleep called Stay the F at Home. Um, oh, you I can say it, bud. No, Come I on, absolutely bud. cannot. Come no, on. thank you very much, though. On, we're in a pandemic. Um, say the F word. I, no, I really uh, enjoyed the, the the version of it, despite the uh, audio quality. And I watched it. I've watched it a number of times. It, it, it is very calming and lovely, especially his big, uh, happy, innocent smile at the very end of it. But uh, we'll link to this video uh, as well in the show notes, and you can enjoy it yourself. Yeah, what's sad about it only is that it was done for Jimmy Kimmel Live. For then definitely he should have had better audio quality. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so it was it was done originally for broadcast TV, so all the f, f words are bleeped. And uh, come on, you guys, it's on YouTube. You, can you just put an unbleeped version on YouTube for us to properly enjoy? There is. There is an there unbleeped is. version. That's, Actually, that's if, you go to, if you go to Samuel L. Jackson's Facebook page, he's got the un, un, unbleeped version. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Oh, how wonderful then. And that's probably the one that's been um, swiped and slapped up on YouTube and the one that I'm linking to in the in the show notes. Oh, well, how good. It is. It's very enjoyable. As a guy who doesn't swear a lot, <laughs> I let Samuel L. Jackson do my swearing for me. No, I don't. Have you been watching, uh, uh, Paul, especially you, Paul, like, have you been watching any of the late night shows kind of doing uh, their stuff from home? Yeah, I have been. Um, and I think that, um, uh, I think Fallon's winning, honestly. I think uh, for whatever reason, I just find uh, what he's doing kind of to be the most enjoyable and the most chill. Like, everyone's trying so hard, and I appreciate that. They're all trying to be creative in this time and and all that. But um, I, I just find that... It's it's showcasing, you know, I get it that Fallon can be very a lot and very obsequious a lot of time and people don't really care for that. And um, but I think it's showing his actual natural good natured humor and comedy chops in a way. I don't know for whatever reason, like I, I always want to stick out for Jimmy Fallon and uh, for him to just do what he's doing and horsing around with his daughters and his wife has been to me the most enjoyable the most calming to watch and um i i watched he was on howard stern last week as well and he talked a little bit about that and why he found personally it to be very important and he talked about um when he was in new york for 9-11 and how david letterman and his call to 
courageousness, courageousness or, otherwise or otherwise pretending to be courageous, 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 courageous was very inspiring to him. And so that has kind of been his motivation to just uh, to do as much as he can with The Tonight Show while he has it uh, during this time. So that's why I'm, I'm a fan of what Fallon's done. And also, he's got a fucking slide in his house. He's got the best, most fun house. One wonderful thing, I don't know if we've talked about this before, if this was Jen and I on our own podcast. It is so wild that we're seeing, by peeking around everyone's head, we're seeing where everyone lives right now. And whether it's the other late night guys or any other celebrity or whatever, everyone's got the same boring white tile, marble, backsplash kitchen and and style and everything's very white and it's all the same the exact same we're, we're rich we get it okay fuck you but fallon his house is like this amazing like from the outside it's just a uh it's like a pretty normal looking big hamptons house but on the inside it's been renovated to look like like almost all of it to look like a sweet tree house like it's incredible whoa yeah like he's got a slide um Various rooms look like the inside of various trees. Like one tr- one room looks like a birch tree on the inside. The art that's in there, the like wallpapering that's like there's a fun little nook for his daughters. Um, the upstairs, the entire upstairs is like a big giant treehouse with like craft stations and all that. So like, oh wow, I I know I've seen people be like, "Fuck you, Jimmy Fallon, for showing off your sweet rich guy house," but. To, for me, when I look at it, I'm like, of all these guys, the only one who's using their money in a fun way uh, is Jimmy Fallon. So that's my favorite. Brian, thanks for asking. Wow. What about you? What have you seen and what do you like? Yeah, I, like I've seen, I've been watching a lot of Fallon. Um, mainly, I think, because he was like one of the first to do this. Yeah. And then everybody started kind of following suit. And I agree with you. I think that he is winning. Um, I like the way he's doing it. And then, like, also if you're following him on social media or you're following The Tonight Show on social media, even the things that they're reposting, um, like, they'll cut together, uh, you know, when they when celebrities play games with him and, like, what's in my box and all that kind of stuff. They'll cut together, like, a best of and then post it, like, just moments for you to be able to relive from, like, before we were all in lockdown. And I find those have been really great escapes. And uh, I thought, like, because I, I originally thought, oh, man, Conan's going to be a really good one that's going to be able to run with this because, like, you know, he's very much all about improv and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't really – I've seen a few things from him. A lot of them are – I think one of the, the things that I remember seeing that I clicked on, I was like, oh, this – this seems like a uh, an ad for Little Caesars Pizza, and it totally was. It was like a 60-second oh. ad I watched for Little Caesars Pizza. Um, uh, but, yeah, I thought uh, I thought Fallon was doing really well. Um, I'm finding it very interesting to see also last week tonight with John Oliver. Yeah. Um, just to see how, he, how kind of he puts together his show, because it's like one of those shows that, you know, if I really want to – you know, get some info, but also be entertained with regards to the, like the coronavirus and news and all that kind of stuff. I'll, you know, I'll throw that on. Uh, and he usually thrives with an audience because he's trying to deliver jokes and he right. almost were, you know, needs those laughs and stuff. But uh, I found the last couple of episodes of last week tonight, very intriguing, even though it's just him in a, like a room that has like a white wall. And that's pretty much it. Weirdly. I found that John Oliver was the one that suited it the best. Like 
his jokes almost don't need the studio audience for because yeah. it's so kind of rapid fire. I, of all of them that I was watching, I agree. I was like, uh, here's a guy who doesn't need to go back to a studio audience if he doesn't want to. He could do it like this, and I'm not really missing the audience. Where the other ones, it's like the jokes land, and then there's no applause, and you're like, oh, I see why you need an audience. Oh, remember the first couple of times that Fallon did um, his show without the audience? Just like when social distancing was just first getting started. Yeah. Um, and he was trying to do the show in that studio with just like the camera people and the producers. It felt so uncomfortable Sucked. and so awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 been interesting. Yeah, I agree too that uh, Conan. As much as I've been singing Conan's praises because his podcast is so good, I agree with this. It's kind of like not that great and lackluster. Um, but everyone's you know doing the best they can. I get it. So uh, honestly, I'm glad it's still there. I am thankful that they're still doing it because you know even after Westworld or whatever heavy news and all that. You know, around the house, we're very much just like, hey, what are the late night hosts doing? Like, we'll actually say that out loud and then dial it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, we're not going to end it on a bit of a downer note, but just before we go to reviews and recommendations, a little bit of a downer note. Disney is going to furlough, uh, which I believe is sort of like a leave of absence, uh, non-union employees uh, later this month um, because they just do not have the 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 use for the people so on april 19th they're still going to get full health care benefits which is nice mm. uh and disney will pay the cost of uh employee and company premiums uh and they're going to stop the i guess there are ongoing charges for annual park passes or stop collecting payments for them so um oh. yeah that's uh kind of a shame but if there's any company that can weather it and hopefully still take care of its people it's disney Man, Bob Iger, what a great time for him to step down. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yep. Fucking new conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy. He was like, um, here you go, other Bob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see ya. I'm out of here. Um, so who has not seen Westworld? Me. Please catch up if you can uh, for next week's show. I I honestly think that I'm just waiting for it to be done so that I can watch it all at the same time. It's like Brian and uh, what was that? What what was the show you waited for until it was over? Oh yeah, Um, that I haven't even gone back to yet. (laughs) Oh my god. And you know what it is, and maybe we'll start watching it, but it's because season two was so confusing, and I feel like if I was able to watch the episodes whenever I wanted, it would have been less confusing than having, like, a week in between. And I keep hearing you guys, I know, I keep hearing you guys tell me that it's really good and it makes sense and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Don't blah blah blah. Go watch the show; it's great. And no, nowhere near as um, as much of a brain trial. Uh, nowhere near. It's yeah. actually quite lovely and wonderful how um, how well they're laying it out. Um, so that said, though, I am benefiting um, sometimes from a second viewing within the week. Like I'll watch I'll watch it with Elisa on Sundays, and then uh, later on in the week, uh, you know. Kids have gone to bed, and I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to watch before I go to bed? Sometimes that second viewing of that Westworld episode kind of helps me find little bits and pieces that I might have missed. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, so I, I totally see where, where you're going at, Kirsten, especially like now. It would be like great to start storing things up to be able to binge watch it later. Um, 
And I don't think it's confusing as the the second season, but there were some times where I like I picked up on something that I did miss on the episode the previous episode kind of thing on my second viewing of it. Yeah, I feel so bad for all the other thousands of hours of shows that I have to watch. But yeah, episode one and this most recent one, episode four, I did watch twice. And episode four, I watched twice in rapid succession. Uh, it delivers such a... Anyways, no spoilers. But um, if you can, Kirsten, I believe it'll be worth it to catch up. And for anybody listening, um, yeah, if you enjoyed uh, season one of Westworld, and even if you skip season two, season three is definitely worth jumping into. Yeah, and honestly, Kirsten, I, I know we've had this debate before. It's like a tale as old as time. It's like like what's the benefit between binging and uh, week to weeking? And honestly, I think that this is a show as as is true. It's like it's been relaxed in its complexity for this season. I think it still benefits from like you watch one and then you have an entire week to digest it. Still, you know, before you have to get into the next one. Um, but I mean, who, who knows? Maybe binging, you just remember more stuff from the previous week. If I actually can give a shout out to a YouTube channel that is really helpful. Um, it, so I first discovered this channel, like, like I think a lot of people did uh, during Game of Thrones because they had a, a video that explains the um, R plus L equals J theory. Uh, some, years uh, ago, some years ago, before we knew that Jon Snow was Snow legitimately, legitimately uh, uh, Lyanna and Rhaegar's son. Oh. Uh, that, that was a theory, right, that had been going on for years, um, you know, going back to people who had just read the books. And obviously we know it's like how um, Benioff and Weiss were able to convince George R. R. Martin that they knew enough about the sh- this book series to make the show, blah, blah, blah. So, so five years ago, this YouTube channel, Alt Shift X, which I believe is out of either New Zealand or Australia, made this video describing that theory, and it got five million views, and went supernova viral, and it kind of was a good thing for everyone I think who watched it to understand when that reveal happened in the show. Anyways, since then they have created. Uh, like after every episode of uh, Game of Thrones, they had an explained uh, YouTube video, and it was great with like clips and visuals and narration. They really like connected all the threads for you, and and then walked you through it and uh, described what exactly was going on, and like revealed Easter eggs and just did a really good job of explaining the episodes, you know, for like even the hardcore fans. And so they've started doing that now with Westworld Season 3, and it is really valuable. And it comes out generally on, like, Saturday or maybe early on Sunday. So uh, this last episode uh, that came out that explained Season 3, Episode 3, is, like, 23 and a half minutes long. So, like, it's... Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really in-depth. And it does. It, like, takes you through the episode you watched last week catches you up it's especially helpful for people like me who've skipped season two because like if there are important things that you should probably know about season three from season two it tells you what they are and then you can get into the next episode later that night that's really cool thanks for the reco yeah yeah is there anything else we want to touch on before we begin to wrap things up 
And in that case, I'd like to thank Zoner Joel for a bunch of our prep uh, this week. He's a guy I know on Instagram. I believe he's going to the new version of uh, ACP. He's uh, he's and he's sent me just a bunch of things this week that uh, we used on our prep. So nice. thanks, Zoner Joel. Uh, you can I, if you follow me on Instagram, send me stuff there. But otherwise, generally, geek out at the zone.fm is a place where you can send us stuff or our Facebook group, facebook.com/group/slash/thegeekoutpod. Anything else before we get a hello from another member of the Zones podcast family? No. Okay, go. I'm Jenny. I'm Crystal. I'm Lindsay. And we are On On The the Rag. Rag. You could be on The Rag, too, with us if you listen to the podcast, which you Mm -hmm. can find at thezone.fm slash podcast, also on Spotify. I like to talk about (laughs) things that people feel, for some reason, uncomfortable talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, how many times have you brought up a vagina to a friend this week? Do you have nipple hair? Yep. All about your periods. Make yeah. them uncomfortable, comfortable. I bleed a lot. I have a copper IUD. You can learn about your body, our bodies, other sexual health related things. We bring in experts because I don't know anything, actually. <laughs> Is Brian still there or did he have to go? No, I'm still here. I didn't ghost. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Kirsten James, where can we find you on Instagram? I'm in my backyard, and it's so sunny oh, and so nice. And I'm lying down. I'm getting an isolation tan. Well, take a photo of yourself, post it on Instagram, and we'll go look for you at Kirsten.James. Art Aronson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did so Art have he, to go? He left. He left like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He ghosted. <laughs> I like how we totally noticed. Uh, <laughs> All right, then. Paul Plastino. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the internet. And Brian? Uh, DJ Boitano on Facebook and Boitano913 on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. But that's just because I like looking at some of those videos and seeing are what people are doing. Are you serious on TikTok? I haven't posted anything on TikTok. I just uh, posted. There are some really creative things on there. What does Yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing. I've just posted like one stupid video, but yeah, I'll go through and TikTok is there's some pretty entertaining stuff on there. Okay. So yeah, you can find me, but you won't find any content from me there. It's just for me to mainly creep. I find that I'm, all the best stuff from TikTok it gets reposted onto Instagram anyways, and it's going to likely dry up and go away in 6 months. Thank you. I I, I disagree, but there you go. It's you funny because I find most people who repost stuff on uh, on Instagram from TikTok are only posting the first 15 seconds, and that 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 incentivizes me to go to TikTok and see the whole thing. And then I yeah. just I, I've just got a collection of favorites of things that I've given a heart to that I go back and watch a bunch of times. I think it's the better things. Snapchat. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. How long are TikTok things? Fully they agree. Can be better. They can be like, uh, what is it, 7 seconds, 15 seconds, or 60 seconds. Oh, okay, good. Because well, when Bud said that they were only posting parts of the things on Instagram, because I was thinking of signing up for TikTok because I liked how short they were. And, and you're like, too concerned. long. Yeah, I was concerned that the actual versions would be longer. Yeah. No, I'm just finding hilarious. it pretty funny. Like, some of the things that people, like, a lot of it is just like, hey, look how hot I am. <laughs> uh, which okay, great. Yeah. Um, but then, like some of the the ones that people do, that like they actually make me laugh out loud. Oh yeah, there's a lot of great pet content that I <laughs> save for my kid as well. And there's some oddly good advice on things too. You know, <laughs> like what are you laughing at, Kirsten? I Brian's. Oh, <laughs> look how hot I am. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm looking. I will. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> that reminds me of that Peter Griffin, like, you know what really grinds my gears? That Lindsay Lohan. What do you want from me? What do you, you, you want to date me? Just <laughs> sitting here, looking at you eating a sandwich. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Let's wrap this thing up. I'm Webmeister Bud on all no, socials, including first, TikTok. We have to, to take our Star Wars calendar into the new month. Oh, please do it, Paul. Please do it. Okay, who do you think it's gonna be? Who character? Wait, who was who was this one? Who was March? March was Finn. I know you haven't been here in a while. <laughs> Have we already had Ray? Yeah, we had Ray. We've had Ray oh. and Kylo Ren. BB-8 then. R2. No, no, no. C-3PO. Okay, R2 also was in the very first page. That was the recap of 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think they're giving April to Rose. <laughs> okay. Oh, jeez. Oh, no, Leia. Leia. It's Jenna. We're all wrong. Oh. And the caption <laughs> says, the galaxy needs more rebels. Wow. Yeah. How poignant. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the Geek Out Podcast. Stay safe. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.